Hey, hey, I'm Rebecca. This is a podcast for all my single friends out there and for anyone who's ever been single. Cue the laughs, life lessons, and all things love. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Now, let's get to it. Hey there, welcome back to another episode. I hope you guys are having a good Wednesday so far. I'm excited that you're here with me. And my guest today is Tara. She's an astrologer and she's going to share all of her wisdom with us on her journey that she's been on. She studied in Mexico and now she's living in Oregon and we're going to pick her brain on all things astrology. And first, as you guys know, I start every episode with answering a listener question. And this week's question came from the Graham and somebody wrote, they said, what are your thoughts on FaceTime dates? Are they awkward or the next big thing? I will say, of course, I think they were super awkward. I think I've mentioned this a zillion times. I think that they still are a little bit awkward, but I'm definitely getting more used to them, especially now that I do the podcast over video. And I think it's just been a learning curve. I think everybody's kind of been in it together, which is comforting. I do think that they are here to stay only because I think it's a nice way to pre-screen somebody. So oftentimes I'll say like, do you want to hop on a 20 minute FaceTime? And then you can kind of gauge pretty easily what that person's like. Do they have a pulse? Are they like normal? Do they look like their pictures? Kind of just some basic things that you want to verify. It is, I mean, now that I look back, how many dates we all went on, or just didn't know if that person, when you meet up at the bar, if they actually look like their pictures. So now this is a really great, easy way to shortcut and get right to it. And then you can totally meet up in person and you kind of have a baseline to go from. So I don't know if they're the next big thing, but I think they're definitely here to stay. And I think that they are a great tool that we can use to preserve our own sanity. I guess it's a little bit more effective too. So my guest today is Tara Jade Nichols, and she is an evolutionary astrologer, yogi, shamanic practitioner, tarot advisor, and she's in awe of the metaphysical and esoteric secrets of the unseen world. She has over 20 years of experience using these ancient wisdom tools to help illuminate our paths. She's here to serve as a spiritual guide on how we can fulfill our soul's callings. Thank you so much for being here, Tara. I'm so excited to have you on. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So first of all, how are you doing? I know you were affected by the fires. You're in Oregon. It's going well now, but it was very intense and just added added to that kind of happened right when Mars was starting to go retrograde and Mars rules kind of fire and heat and irritability. So that was kind of interesting that it coincided with the Mars retrograde and which we are almost three weeks into it now at this point, but feeling grateful for clean air. Well, piggybacking, I suppose, off of the retrograde, what does that mean? I feel like I use it for like an excuse for everything. I'm like, oh, Mercury must be. Yeah. And Mercury is going retrograde, I believe on the 13th of October. So we are about to move into Mercury retrograde, but currently Mars is retrograde. And so Mars rules men, it rules uh, Shin, and it's that drive, that will, it initiates things. And 
when it's retrograde, it's almost like we lose energy, we kind of lose steam. And so right now, a lot of people are feeling more tired, more lethargic, which is totally normal during a Mars retrograde, which lasts for about eight weeks. So we're about two or three weeks into it now. And it happens every about two and a half years. So it's not that often that Mars goes retrograde. So it's kind of a time right now maybe even year and a half to two years is when it retrogrades. So this is just a time of we're feeling less of that energy to kind of get up and go and create that action in our lives. And then we'll be coming up on Mercury retrograde, which happens three times a year. So that's the one that always gets everyone because it's kind of where you forget things and accidents happen and a lot of miscommunication going on. So which can cause a lot of communication issues, specifically in partnerships or relationships. And it's like you're not seeing eye to eye. And you're kind of make up in your head what the other person is saying. But a lot of times that there's delays, you're not supposed to sign any contracts, you're not supposed to buy any electronics. And it's just whatever you're thinking is not really what you're speaking. There's some sort of confusion that blocks it. That all makes a lot of sense now. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess going backwards a bit, how did you kind of first discover that you had this gift? Because it seems very specific and a very niche industry to be in. It is. Well, I've always been interested in the esoteric world. Ever since my early 20s, I went to yoga training, started really dabbling into tarot cards, that sort of thing. So here I am now 20 years later. And I think it was part of my path to just dabble in all kinds of different esoteric modalities. And I had had several readings because I've always been very interested and very pulled towards astrology. And so I had two different readings from two different astrologers, and they both said, you did this in a past life. This is your gift. You'll pick it up very easily because it is a lot to learn and understand how to put it all together. And then one of them ended up becoming my mentor. So I pretty much studied with her one-on-one for many years to just kind of understand this whole other world just opened up. And I do feel very connected to it. Astrology is ruled by Uranus. And so Uranus in my chart is in the house of karma or the past life. And I have a stellium there. And so it's Mercury, which is how I communicate about it. And I think it's in a way that it makes it tangible for the everyday person to understand and grasp. And as well as my sun, which is where I can shine in the world. And I think a lot of it has to do with just understanding our connection with the heavens and then how we can use this blueprint of astrology in our lives to guide us and to, for that self-validation, self-understanding and understanding, you know, our purpose and why we're here. I love that. I feel like during this quarantine, whatever it is now that we're in in betweenness, I've just been really fascinated and intrigued by astrology and trying to kind of learn more about it and hopefully share with my listeners too, because I find it so fascinating. And it's part of the Aquarius age that we're in, the whole 2012 thing, moving into the age of Aquarius after being 2000 years in the age of Pisces, Aquarius is rules astrology and it rules all those ancient wisdom tools or new age tools like acupuncture, yoga, meditation, all of these things, tarot, they're really coming very mainstream. A lot of people are feeling very attracted to them, especially during this time of so much unknown 
want some kind of tool to kind of help us have a better understanding or even just validation for what is going on. And so I think a lot of people are very magnetized, but just that's a very natural part of us moving into the age of Aquarius, which is the age of enlightenment. And we're only about eight years into it. So as we keep moving deeper and deeper into it, I've told a lot of people, I really believe in the next 10 to 15 years, everyone's going to have their own astrologer. Everyone's going to know their astrology chart and know their moon sign, their rising sign, all the other aspects rather than just the sun sign, which is what most people are used to talking about, or they do know about that. So I think it's just a deeper self-understanding. And yes, we are in the age of Aquarius. So a lot of people are very interested. So 2020 has been quite a year. Were there any indicators or clues that you saw that this was going to happen? Well, it's funny because I've been talking about this for about three or four years leading up to it because this is a huge time of breakdowns in a sense because it's like our very structures, which is Capricorn, they're kind of crumbling so that the new can be built. And so what we have basically what's happening this year is Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter all are meeting in the sky in the sign of Capricorn, which hasn't happened for 733 years. So it's been a long time coming, building up to this. And with it being in Capricorn, Capricorn rules the physical world and these old structures that have been built, how we've lived our life, how society has kind of based their structures. And so what's happening is we realize that that's not going to work for us any longer for where we're going. We are in a time where people are becoming more conscious, more in tune. And so it's like the old traditional ways of being the patriarchy, if you will. It's like that's not going to sustain us moving forward in the direction that we're going. So in a larger sense, all systems from government, banking, healthcare, education, you name it, they're all shifting, even our relationships and how we do relationships. And it's being committed or bound to this thing that's not working, that's not evolving. A lot of people are realizing that something's got to change, something's got to give. And so looking at it from an astrological perspective, I was feeling it was going to be more of like a World War III type energy. Some might say that it feels that way, but it's a life-changing event that no one will ever forget. And Saturn is constriction. It's carrying the weight of the world and it's pressure and it's very serious and it doesn't feel that light anymore. And so that's heaviness that we're all carrying and feeling this year. But the good news is that we are moving out of that energy. Both Jupiter and Saturn are moving out. I think it's December 19th. They're both finally moving into Aquarius, which that's when we're going to really be feeling that age of Aquarius energy, which Aquarian is a lot it's more of an air sign rather than an earth sign. And so it's about awakening. It's about revolutionary. It's about inventions. It's about breakthroughs. And so to me, this next year is when we're going to have a lot of discoveries, a lot of answers and solutions to the problems that we're having right now. So does that mean that the election, what do we think is going to happen? <laughs> well, I think there is going to be a delay. And that's because Mars is going to be retrograde. And around that time, 
think a week later is when Mercury is going to be still retrograded too. So with both of those planets, that's just asking for delays. So I do believe that we will not find out right away. At least there's going to be a lot of back and forth going on for a little while. It's like all of the issues are up. Everything that's been swept under the rug for many years, they're kind of coming in plain sight where we're realizing we can't do it the same way. We've always done it. And so this year, I think, is a very heightened expression of that energy where it's everything that is not working in society and as a collective on our planet is really being so in our face, we can no longer ignore it. That really hits home, especially because most of my listeners are single, like myself, and it really makes dating really, really <laughs> difficult right now, <laughs> to say the least, because it feels like so heavy, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. I mean, the world seems like it's crashing on every other element. So right. is there any forecast on like how relationships work within the context that we're operating in? Yeah, well, what I've noticed is a lot of people who have been together for a long period of time, they're realizing if that structure is working or not. It's almost like extremes one way or another. People are either getting married and coming together and realizing, yes, we want this commitment, which Saturn does rule the committed partnership, the committed relationship of saying, yes, we're going to do this together. But at the same time, it's also the structures that are not evolving, that are not going to work moving forward. They're going through divorces. And so it's like, all in or all out. It's like strong one way or another. And relationships in general, right now with the Mars retrograde, a lot of times that's inviting people from our past back in, specifically men. So all the ladies out there, I would say a lot of your past romantic partners will most likely get in touch with you. They haven't already in the past couple of weeks, as Mars is retrograde until November 13th. And so that's just a time of reaching back out to see, can I make it work? And what wasn't working with us? And can we fix it? And how can we solve this problem? And it's an energy of, I want to go back and try it again. And maybe I didn't give that 100%. So I do think you're going to see a lot of people falling back into old relationships. But what I would say, it's not, a, and that's okay during a Mars retrograde, but you wouldn't want to start dating anyone new during that time because most likely, you know, you won't see them in the same light and it just won't work out when the planet goes direct again. Interesting. So what is that? Like what happens when it goes direct? Usually you'll break up because you're like, oh, this is not who I thought it was. <laughs> You know, okay. like, start seeing sides of them that were not kind of like the rose colored glasses were on and then you see them for who they are. And then you're, yeah, no, that's not going to work for me. And so that's when a lot of times people like end up splitting up. It's the COVID goggles. And um, I do think a lot of people are coming together just for some sort of comfort and stability and that sort of thing. But I hear from a lot of women and they're like, how do I date during these times? But I think it's just, you know, trying to be more creative about it. And I definitely believe that Aquarian energy will invite that in. And Aquarian does rule online dating, actually, in a very outside of the box way, in very unexpectedly and suddenly sort of these relationships that are formed 
online or speaking or more of like an intellectual first before it becomes very physical where the person's right in front of you. I think we're going to see this happening next year. The way that we do relationship is going to look very different. And maybe it's like, are we more aligned with each other before that physicality comes into the picture? I totally agree. I definitely feel like FaceTime, Zoom date, kind of pre-screen, I feel like that probably is here to stay. And it's almost, you know, if you think of Aquarius, it rules the higher mind. And so it's like, do we have the same ideals? Is this someone that I can really have a conversation with and really connect in, in that way? And is there this intellectual connection versus that being out at a nightclub or whatever, and just having that first physical reaction to each other? And it's almost like a new way to connect with others. And Like you were saying, everything has broken down. So I think people are a bit more vulnerable and they're able to open up a bit more because everyone is kind of having a harder time and they're more willing. I found at least anecdotally that people seem to open up and lay their cards out more openly. Well, I think people are starting to be more real with each other and not, you know, just pretending like everything's so great because it's almost like everyone's a little bit thirsty for that authenticity in a sense, but also I think people are really yearning for some sort of some stability in their lives, be it a partner. It's like you want someone to be your rock. And so to have them to lean on, no matter what is happening out in the world, it kind of gives you that sense of you can let your guard down where I got married later in life at age 42. And so I felt like most of my life, I kind of had my guard up in a sense of it's, I have to take care of myself. I'm this independent woman and I can't lean on anyone else to be my provider or be my rock or just support in general. And so especially feeling that in these types of environment that we have this year going on with the whole 2020, it's like extremely hard for someone to kind of feel like they've got everything under control because the truth is nothing is in our control. Yeah. Can we double click on your story? Just because my mom also, she had me at 40. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to hear kind of about how your journey has been. I know I read that you went to Mexico and then I think <laughs> you met somebody in Mexico. It's funny. We met in Tulum, which is where I was living for a couple of years. And his Juno runs through Tulum. So if you look at the astrocartography map, I put his birth chart over it. And so he is prone to meet people at his Juno line and his Juno line goes right near Tulum. So that makes sense that he would meet someone for a committed relationship. And it's funny because even prior to meeting me a couple years before, he had met someone else in the same area that he had also had a longer relationship with. But for me personally, one of the reasons I was attracted there as well is, you know, the Tulum ruins is aligned with the Venus star. And Venus rules my seventh house of partnerships. So I kind of felt like I was going to meet my partner there just with having that, you know, Venus energy. But I have my North Node in Libra, which your North Node is like your highest potential. And so I'm supposed to learn how to compromise and share my life with another. And my South Node, which is my karmic past, is an Aries, which has to do with independence and all about the self. So 
I'm actually more comfortable being by myself, which is why I think it took me so long to kind of be in this place where I'm ready to share my life and realizing I don't have to be so independent or such like the warrior. And, you know, I think a lot of it was just like self-discovery, healing my own wounds. But I also feel like, you know, when you do wait longer to meet someone, you know yourself more, so you know what's going to work for you. And then you're a lot less likely to get divorced because a lot of people at my age have already been through their first divorce. And it's that second marriage where they actually have a better understanding of who they are, who's going to work for them. And I think a better understanding of how to work with someone else as well, how to share your life more. So... I have the CoStar app and that's basically like the extent to which I know about astrology. So can we do Mm -hmm. kind of like a little crash course in... So synastry readings are basically is when you put your chart on top of someone else's. So you're looking at both of your charts, which is both of your blueprints and seeing how you match with one another. And so basically the main points you look at are how the moon and the sun are related to one another because when you're sun sign, let's say is Aries and the other person's moon sign is Aries. So the sun and the moon are compatible with one another. That's a very good aspect for a committed relationship for a marriage partnership actually. And so that's one of the aspects, how the moon and sun are speaking to one another, but it's like how Mars and Venus, which are the divine feminine and divine masculine, but even more important, the midpoints, which is that magnetism that attracts you to that other person. So you can get a really good sense of what the challenges are in relationship and how to overcome them, but as well as what the blessings are. So you can get a deeper understanding of, oh, this is what's easy for us. This is where we naturally come together. And then these are our challenges. This is what we need to work on. This is always going to be where we butt heads. And so it helps you to identify what the problems are, but also find solutions to those problems. So you learn how to work together. And a lot of it, I think, is just understanding each other at a very basic level. What are each other's core wounds? Well, if your wound is in Taurus, which is about not having very much self-love or self-value or self-worth, you can understand how the other person works and how you can support them to feel more valued and not rub salt in that wound. And even understanding each other's north and south node, understanding how you can help each other reach their highest potential and learning what the patterns are that they're trying to break or release and helping point that out to the other is to help them evolve and help them change and help them acknowledge those places where you know their growth lies. And so I think that's how you can really be a supportive partner. But if you don't know that about them, how can you support them? And so it's really a deeper understanding, not only of yourself, but of your partner and how they function. And so doing synastry readings, it gives you a deeper understanding of how you can come together, how you can connect, what the problems are, what the issues are. So then it allows you a lot more space to be able to have more compassion, more understanding, you know, where the work is, because relationships are work, but that's where the growth is. Is there ever too early of asking somebody? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, when I was dating, I right away, you know, when's your birth time? When's your birth time? (laughs) If I'm going to waste my time or not, is this a good match? Is this compatible? What are the 
challenges to know if it's something that I want to invest my time into or not. And just knowing that ahead of time, it's almost like you're ahead of the game. I've worked with people that have gone on one date with someone and I've worked with people who've been married for 30 years. And so sometimes just hearing what the issues are, what the challenges are from a third party allows you to see it in a different light and almost get a different perspective. But then again, understanding the other person's wounds and why they function, why they are the way they are and how you can have more compassion, kind of help them and find those solutions to how to work through things together. And are there any combinations that you just say like automatically, like, nope, that's going to be a disaster? I mean, not necessarily looking at the sun sign. It's more of all the other planetary connections. You know, it's like, again, how do the midpoints look at one another? How do the moon and sun operate with one another? How does Venus and Mars? And also, if you have two really strong personalities and there's a lot of squares, which are seen as challenges in the chart, chances are it's not going to work. And so... I'm very honest when I give my readings and I I say it like it is. I'm a Scorpio. I'm very direct. But at the same time, there's always opportunity for growth. And I think some people sign up for a lot of growth within their relationships. And then just looking at those unique charts, you can kind of see what house are most of their planets and where does most of their growth lie. And so that you can see what they signed up for. But definitely, I've had even people that are maybe dating a few guys and they want some direction, which one would be a better match for them. I can definitely help point them in the direction of this would be a much more compatible energy for you. And so I'm not really like, this is definitely not going to work, but I'm saying these are the challenges you will have to overcome. These are the blessings. Let's find the solutions. But also, you know, I think having people see it from a perspective of, is this something that you want to deal with for the rest of your life? If there are all these major challenges, what is it that you want? Well, and it's funny because I feel like the misperception of astrology is that it can be very generic or vague, but everything that we're talking about is quite specific. Well, and the generic comes from when you're not looking at someone's exact chart. So you have to know your exact time of birth, give or take 20 minutes, because that will completely change and shift everything in your chart. If you're just going by, oh, this is my sun sign, it doesn't get more generic than that. This is almost like, it's very exact. And it's almost very calculated in a sense. And so if you don't have your time of birth, you won't get an accurate reading. You have to have that. And I think that's what gives it the validation. I love working with people who don't believe in it because I make them become believers because they're, you know, how did you know that about me? And I think it's just until you've had a reading that using your accurate time of birth, you don't know. Because if you're just reading the columns in the magazines, you can't get more generic than that. So you can't really base astrology on that because that's just your sun sign. That doesn't even have anything to do. And actually, if you're reading columns, you should read what your ascendant sign is. That's a lot more accurate for the area of life that's being affected. So we completely go out it the wrong way. So I can see how there's a lot of naysayers or non-believers. I think when you have an actual reading using your birth time and you realize how true it is, how validated it is, and you feel it, you feel what truth feels like. 
Well, I'm definitely going to have to sign up for a reading with you now because I'm so intrigued by this. All I know is that I'm a Gemini as my sun sign. The sun sign is how you see and view yourself. It's not even how other people see you. It's not your personality. So that's why it's like so much more to discover. All right. It's going to happen then. (laughs) Well, (laughs) thank you so much for being here. How can people, where can they find you on the social medias and everything? So I'm on Instagram as Tara Jade Star. And so I post there like full moon, new moon, what's going on in the stars, that sort of thing. And then also if people are interested in a reading, whether it's just a personal reading or a dentistry reading or astrocartography, kind of looking at that map of the world, if they're thinking of moving or where to live or visit, you can go to my website, which is tarajadenichols.com and sign up there to receive a personal reading. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. This was really fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed my episode and we're not done yet. I decided that I'm going to end every episode with sharing a dating hack. So this week, my dating hack is about Bumble. So if you are single and on Bumble, and you've happened to apply advanced filters on your profile, which means that you've set, you only want to see people who are like six feet and above, which I don't recommend doing, or you want to see people who are only X, Y, or Z. If you toggle so that you turn them off, the next couple of people that Bumble will show you, they've already swiped right on you. So you'll get automatic matches right off the bat. So Not only is it a nice little ego boost, but you'll also expand your dating pool, which I think always kind of casting a wide net is the best way to go. So with that, that's my dating hack of the week. I want to thank Tara for being my guest today. I want to thank StudioPod for editing and publishing my podcast. And with that, I will see you guys next Wednesday. See you later. Bye.